passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock, and welcome to Rewind to Raw. It is the it is the the most loneliest show on the Post Wrestling Network because after multiple weeks of calling in favors, going to Andrew Thompson, calling up Uncle Nate, even dragging Braden Harrington onto this show, I have probably run the gamut of co-hosts that I can possibly coerce into. Sitting down and watching Raw for three hours on a Monday night. So here I am, all by myself, and we are going to be getting into tonight's show from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, but man, it's it is hot here in Toronto, folks. It's uh, it's been a scorcher outside. I don't know for the Torontonians out there, it felt like thirty five today. So I am just I am just roasting here in my my basement apartment here, and wouldn't you know that potentially. I have someone to, to join me. Just maybe. Just maybe. Is it him? Is it really him? Ladies and gentlemen, as you two put it best, it's a beautiful day. And here he is back. <laughs> We're going to see if he's got some, some, some Mike Rust. He is back. It is Father Ting himself. Way, are you there, my man? John, daddy's home. I'm Whoa. back. <laughs> Wow! Wait, wait, what wait a, a minute! What? Wait a minute! There's there's one thing we're missing in the, in the, in the spirit. Oh, look at that! Oh, look at this! Wow, the master of the tease. Okay, uh, great great setup for this whole thing. Great great acting, I have to say, and uh, the master of uh, of the the technical uh, uh, everything these these past few weeks. Um, you have been tremendous, and as always, you exceed my expectations for what you can handle on your plate for an entire month this time. So, thank you, John. It's it, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful privilege to be back. Yes, let's give it a second for the round of applause from the chat room. Uh, it's it's been quite the month. I think it, I I think it only took a couple of days before I messaged you and said, "Dude, I I can't fathom all the stuff you do. That you just keep quiet to yourself. That just all the stuff just runs on time. It's always uh, there's always a graphic for everything. There's always a description. Everything's edited, levelated, all of this stuff. There's one guy that makes sure all this happens. It's way, and I got to see firsthand over the last four weeks what uh, all all of that is that encompasses." The waiting experience here at Post Wrestling. I mean, this really is at least a two man job, if not more than that. And and so, anytime we're uh, you know a person short, whether it's you off or, or me off, 
Um, I think we, we each gain an appreciation of, of what the other does, but you know, we, I've asked a lot of you this week or this month because it's been an entire month that I've been away for my paternity leave. Um, so, you know, week after week of you having to, you know, do as much as you do on top of everything that I was doing. Uh, I have to just continue to thank you, you know, um, always. And in addition, in addition to you, our entire incredible staff that I'm so happy, like our audience is able to, you know, see a whole lot more of, hear a whole lot more of lately. Uh, so many standout acts I think we have now in our post wrestling database of people that we can rely on and hopefully more in the future as well. So thank you to everybody and thank you for the entire audience for continuing to listen. So way you are a, you are officially a father now. You are you are coming back. You are very much our Johnny Gargano. That has uh, you know you haven't been away from a microphone this long since you were eight years old. Uh, but tell us all about uh, Baby Ting. Whatever whatever you are willing to uh, to share with us over this this past month. I'm sure a life changing experience. Well, I won't be super kicking you, so I, I think maybe that analogy ends there. Um, but yes, um, I've. I've had a wonderful, you know, two weeks now of getting to know uh, my kid. His name is Oscar. And uh, thus far, you know, it's been a lot of diapers. I feel like I'm a bit of a pro right now already, you know, in changing diapers, as I'm sure you could attest to, John, two weeks into your fatherhood. Um, Dude, five years. (laughs) Five years? There you go. Exactly. So um, it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of um, lately screaming and, you know, doing my best to to put the guy to sleep uh, every three hours, a lot of uh, fitting in naps whenever I can get them. And, uh, you know, today will be a huge experiment, not just for, I, I think, myself, but, you know, for my wife as well, who, you know, is on solo duty for at least the next few hours as I uh, do the show, as my, as I usually do, and then, uh, you know, take the overnight shift. But um, I, I, I will say I, I'm pretty optimistic because I maintain pretty, like, you know, pretty crazy hours anyway. And if anything, I'm, I was born to, to be a late night uh, diaper changer. So I'm looking forward to it. That's 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 wonderful. The nights have been uh, they, they've been OK. They've been all right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, you know, off and on, you know, we, we definitely have have our kind of moments trying to catch up. But I, I, honestly, like every difficulty is is a privilege. You know, I've enjoyed every single second of it so far. And uh, you can ask me again, maybe two months into this, how, how much of, you know, the, the late nights I'll, I'll appreciate. But thus far, every single moment has been uh, absolutely tremendous. Well, that's uh, that that's fantastic news. I have uh, I've tried not to bother you uh, too much over these these uh, these last couple of weeks. I've been I've been I've been checking in. I didn't know what my uh, my official protocol was was allowed to be, but uh, I was checking in every every now and then. But also want to give you uh, plenty of space. Uh, the last thing you needed was a text from me. I, you know, I, it, it's always welcome, always, always welcome. And in fact, I, I want to shout out your wife as well, who's been a, a tremendous help to my wife, actually, you know, uh, somebody who's been able to offer a lot of great, um, I don't know, just like a kind of big sister sort of insight into, into the whole process. And um, I'm sure there's a whole lot you and I, you and I can now. Maybe they you know, can do wrong talk next about. week. I would love to hear that. And then maybe we'll, we'll kind of talk about, you know, breastfeeding and, and all that stuff. We'll, we'll go through all that stuff, you and I. All right. Well, uh, well, plenty of uh, Oscar to learn about in the in the weeks and and months to come. But that's uh, that that's Patreon content, folks. You're you're just getting raw tonight. That's it. That's it. Um, that's but it. yes, we have. Uh, so tell me a little bit about um, what, if any, you have uh, followed over uh, the past month. I mean, have you been kind of dipping in and out? What's what's sort of been your your schedule this last month when it when it comes to just keeping up with the various programs? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, um, I don't know if I'll ever really. 
find myself to have this sort of opportunity again to take as big of a step back from doing this day to day as I had over the past month. So I really wanted to, especially um, in the two weeks while we were waiting for the guy to the, the baby to arrive, um, I wanted to just detox, you know, from from every thing but um as much as i tried to like i still have very much of a fan's curiosity about the things that were happening especially as you know wwe was under this new regime and uh seeing so much like positive change i will say um and i still very much find myself like routinely out of habit like turning on wrestling on a monday night wednesday night and you know occasionally friday night now as well just to kind of Kind of check in. So I still largely stayed plugged in. I was not watching as intently as obviously I, I would, you know, while doing these shows, having something to talk about. But like I would have it on in the background. I would listen to podcasts. You know, I still have a general interest in that. Um, but I will say like largely my catch up was like the week prior to returning this week doing you know 2x viewings of a lot of things but i'm largely like pretty caught up tomorrow i'm going to spend a lot of time catching up really kind of more on the nuts and bolts of like what i've missed of aew so far so um but i'm Good keeping luck. up on all the stories yeah they, I, I recognize this i know i know everything that's been happening but i really want to like be able to say i've seen every single frame even if it's like you know double speed or something uh so waiting is back Full time. He's not coming in to do a part time schedule, folks. He is. We are. We are throwing him into the gauntlet this week. So uh, we will be back. We we have dynamite on Wednesday night, SmackDown and Rampage on Friday, and then this weekend we will be doing two post shows because what what a, what a welcome back weekend for for Wei Ting after after you just got through labor. We're going through the pains of Labor Day weekend uh, with two pay per views. Uh, Clash at the Castle that's happening Saturday afternoon and then all out on Sunday. So we will do shows after both of those. Saturday will be a post-wrestling cafe show. Sunday uh, will be free for everybody with Davey and Braden joining us to go through both uh, Worlds Collide and the all out pay-per-view. You are not required to watch uh, Worlds Collide. I'm largely going to pass that off to Davey and Braden as they are listening to this. But uh, that will be a packed show on a very packed day on Sunday. So lots to look forward to and uh, just two interviews to let people be aware of. Today is the 30th anniversary of Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog at Wembley Stadium. Uh, so Stephen Bell, who was a guest on the uh, the Post Daily News show earlier this year, uh, chatting about the book he wrote on Dynamite Kid and Bulldog, uh, is on with me today chatting about that match and all of the different implications, how that event was originally earmarked for Washington, D.C., and then they moved it and uh, they staged it at Wembley Stadium and all of the different uh, trials and tribulations of Davey Boy Smith that year that he wins the Intercontinental title and within two months he's been fired by the WWF. So that's already up on the free feed. And then this Friday, I'm going to be dropping an interview with Michael Landsberg, the former host of TSN's Off the Record, uh, had a, a great discussion uh, with Michael Landsberg about Many of his very popular interviews, uh, including multiple sit-down interviews with Vince McMahon, all about the process of uh, the launch of Off the Record, what, how wrestling played a really big role in establishing that brand when it launched in 1997, uh, right after the Owen Hart death, the, the whole crew flying down to Stamford, Connecticut to do various interviews with the McMahon family. Uh, lots of interesting stories. Um, if you are uh, a Canadian viewer that uh, grew up with, with Off the Record, I think you'll find it to be a very interesting discussion later on this week that we'll be dropping. I'm looking forward to it very much so. You know, you're keeping very busy with these bonus interviews um, as if, you know, the, the regular day-to-day -day wasn't enough. So uh, stellar content as always that I'm sure everybody will enjoy. 
I was lonely. Way I needed people to talk to, so uh, I, I reached out to strangers. So that that was my uh, that was my past month. But we are back into the uh, the swing of things, and of course, you can go up to postwrestling.com and keep up to date with uh with all the latest news. I think we're gonna we're gonna dive into Raw and uh, get some of uh Way's thoughts on tonight's show from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the beautiful PPG Paints Arena. Stellar. Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm, I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, looking. Uh, pretty and and well decorated as ever. Um, sure, why not? Opening things up, it was right to a wrestling match with AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler taking on Damian Priest and Finn Balor, who are accompanied by Rhea Ripley. Uh, Balor's making the two sweet hand signals towards AJ in the corner, and Styles goes for a flip off of Damian's back, and Priest just kind of loses his footing, and this was just an awkward moment that the two had. We, we go through the commercial, and Balor calls for a Styles clash on Ziggler. That's turned into a Famouser, and then AJ runs the ropes, and he's about to knock into Balor, but he holds up, and he doesn't want to, I guess, injure his opponent. So he stops, and then Priest knocks AJ into Balor, sending Balor to the floor, and then AJ stops a south of heaven, lands to Ushiguroshi, and applies the calf crusher on Priest. They get to the rope, and then the reckoning is stopped. Priest goes for the world's slowest spin kick that AJ miraculously uh, gets out of the way from, and then the referee misses Ziggler's roll-up on Priest, allowing uh, for a super kick, and then Ziggler's hit with south of heaven, and Damian Priest pins Dolph Ziggler, and I don't know, this one to me, uh, Byron noted that this shows how in sync the Judgment Day is. They did not seem to be in sync with their opponents in, in this match. I just found this to be off at certain points. It, in particular, Priest and AJ, they just seemed to be, um, one was just reading something different from the other at different points. Mm. I, I I certainly like noticed some of those spots as well. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they were enough to maybe derail the match for me. Like I, I thought it was of a certain standard that I think you've come to expect from this crop of op- opponents. What started to me was uh, it seemed like they were hinting at a bigger story between AJ and Finn here as if their relationship over I don't know, uh, a month um, I mean the the whole Bullet Club thing, I suppose. It, Bullet Club is for life, and 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 for that reason, um, he refused to attack Finn Balor uh, on the apron here. I don't know if they're trying to tell a deeper story between the two, even though both of them sort of have their programs going into uh, Clash at the Castle, or at least Finn Finn does. But um, it, it's hinting towards something deeper, and I certainly feel like it's a bit more time. You know, it's time for like an AJ versus Finn uh, feud right now because it's it's sort of a loose end that was never really addressed after Finn pretty much kind of turned you know um um suddenly to join judgment day so that could be interesting edge then pulls up in his truck and the judgment day they return to the ring and the crowd's chanting we want edge and ripley says edge we saw that you're here yes yes they they have acknowledged his existence and threatens to smash his manhood finn balor is sick of all the legends and is mad that edge and ray got documentaries, which led to him yelling, where is my documentary? Where is my A&E special? <laughs> this had to be the, the goofiest uh, anger from a heel in recent memory. Priest says he beat Edge last week, but the referee missed it, and he doesn't have his hometown friends, nor Beth, to save him this week. And we all know that Beth is the one that wears the pants in your relationship. So Edge comes out, and he states how Priest's ego was too big, I wanted to pass my glory down to you. And Beth and him both wear the pants. And it's 2022. Stop being a caveman 
or you're going to be single for the rest of your life. So look at this. Some, some, uh, a little bit of a gender equality in our pro wrestling promos would be nice. That's what Edge is trying to say here. Riddle did mm. not hear about this before he did his interview with Seth Rollins later on. Oh yeah, no, 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 um, no wokeness, I suppose, in, in that feud. But um, yeah, this was a, a big reaction for Edge, I have to say, which which is more than I could say for a lot of the matches uh, in Pittsburgh today, because I, I certainly felt like it was uh, maybe in comparison to Toronto, of course, but you know Pittsburgh itself, I, I I didn't think really came out for some big reactions for much of the rest of the show. But I thought Edge had a really big one. He came out feeling like a major star, and uh, sure, some some good lines, some decent lines between them. Yeah, he included that they look emo, like they couldn't score tickets to My Chemical Romance. Yes, yes. I think when you're going for for the emo punchline, you know, MCR is a pretty good um, I, I default choice. You know, a lot of people know them. They're they're sort of like a, I don't know, um, your default emo band that you can make fun of. It's it's amusing though because I mean, if anything, Edge was the one who created the look for the other two. Right, so who's he really insulting there? Yeah, that, that, that's definitely a definitely a fair comment. Well, the uh, the black parade continued here as Ray and Dominic. <laughs> Did showed you just up. Google that? <laughs> I was changing my notes here. Oh, okay, Dominic shows up. Dominic to me would be the ultimate. As soon as they brought up the emo joke, and then we see Dominic here, I'm like, this is this is a a direction for Dominic. <laughs> this should be where where he's going. So yeah. they attack with kendo sticks, and then Dominic is alone with Rhea Ripley. And dude, the, dude, the tension here in, in this ring. I mean, it was uh, it was something. And he what sort of tension? What, what are they teasing here? You know, I mean, I maybe maybe I'm the caveman here thinking, oh, a man and a woman in the ring. Are they teasing some sort of relationship? Um, no, no. I, I suppose this is that. It's just what. It's a sub and a dom, isn't it? But reversed. With the dom being uh, the sub. Uh, I, I think that's exactly it, yes. He will not okay. put the kendo stick down. And then Rhea finally takes it away as Edge and Ray return. And Balor and Priest pull Rhea Ripley away. Uh, but to me, the, the focus is Rhea Ripley and Dominic above the others. Very much so, yeah. Uh, and I'll say, you know, this entire thing has really made Dominic, to me, pretty interesting. The most interesting he's been in quite a while. And uh, I think they're teasing it pretty well. You know, it's it's nice and subtle, as we'll talk about more, a bit more in the follow-up here. Uh, and then after this, of course, they would go on to announce the tag match. Kevin Patrick is with The Miz and Ciampa. And Miz was, uh, was freed from captivity last week after he was kidnapped in Toronto and uh, I guess let free. And Miz explains that Dexter Loomis isn't even a WWE superstar, and he's not going to answer any questions about what happened when Dexter Loomis uh, took him last week and whether he had anything to do with his arrest that happened on NXT 2.0 last Tuesday. So they are, mm-hmm. they are weaving in NXT to actually have some kind of storyline connection to this whole Dexter Loomis program, which was actually nicely done last week where they did kind of at least give some kind of write-off to Dexter and Indy Hartwell, which you never got last year. It was just one of, all of a sudden the, the husband was released and he's gone and he's just left his wife in NXT. So they kind of tied that loose end up last week. Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if that was simply because Dexter Lubis had a history in NXT and because he was they wanted him there for, for the whole Indy Hartwell, you know, uh, closure that they decided to shoot that extra angle in, in the first place. Or if we're going to see continued, perhaps, you know, um, weaving of storylines between 
Raw and SmackDown and NXT. I don't know if last week was just a unique circumstance, but I, I, I certainly like it. You know, like let's let's get back to treating NXT as if it was actually a third brand here, even though you're you're pretty much committing to using it as a developmental brand at this point on TV. Doesn't mean you you can't find opportunities to make it feel relevant if you're a fan of Raw and SmackDown. Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Bougie and the Badass, and tonight you'll be able to call us Tag Team Champions. And the new thing is, they're best friends. They've known each other in the PC for all of these years, and they are best friends. And to convey this, they hug all the time. They can't keep their hands off each other, these two. You know, one's jumping in the other's arms all the time. Yeah, they're, 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 I don't want to say they're suddenly best friends, because I could buy that. You know, Ali has been in that PC for, what, like, 12 years or something so i'm sure she's best friends with a lot of people so i can buy that these two have some sort of history together um and i suppose it's as much reason as we need to you know justify this team up but they they, they had no relationship on smackdown all these months but then the tournament happens wait is that you raquel Aaliyah? are you in this locker yeah. room too i never see you because you're never booked on this show yeah well there's a lot you don't see us. there's a lot you don't see off screen yeah um i it, they, they honestly, and I, I well, they're very interesting um, coming out of this show, as we'll talk more about. But their presentation thus far has been very vanilla, you know, just very generic baby faces, as Raquel really has been, you know, uh, about as generic, smiley of a baby face as you can get. And um, again, their treatment coming out of this show is is one that um, you know certainly inspires a, a lot more thoughts than you would expect just from a generic tag team. We had a quick match with Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss defeating Danny Moe, Kayla Sparks, and Katie Arquette, who had the distinction of being on both Raw and uh, Dark Elevation tonight. Uh, she was just identified as Katie Ark here. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Has somebody done that before? Yes, it, it has happened uh, be, be, before. Oh, so it's but... not even that special of a feat? Yeah. I mean, it's um, like it has happened before. I mean, it's it's I mean... I don't know. People are like blown away. It's like, oh my God, she was on to two shows. It's like, yeah, one was taped last week and now she's on the other show this week. I mean, it's uh, like, it's, it's not that wild. It's, uh, it's, it's the forbidden possible. door opens and closes with Katie. She was in Arc. Cleveland on Wednesday <laughs> and she's in Pittsburgh on Monday. That's, that's only a couple of days. So yes, uh, Arquette is, uh, Run into Asuka's ass in the corner. And then Asuka hits a German and a sliding knee to Danny Moe. Uh, Arquette makes the save as Asuka has the cover on Moe. And then Bliss hits a DDT. There's a KOD taking out Kayla Sparks. And then Asuka with the side Russian leg sweep and uh, arm bar with like kind of a, kind of your uh, uh, octopus like here. An octopus. And, and submits her in three minutes and 17 seconds. So this is a nice quick win for your baby faces. And, you know, fine for what it was. I thought it was a nice idea to showcase, you know, this trios team that's about to go into the pay-per-view through a jobber match when traditionally I feel like we've just largely seen jobber matches reserved for like your monsters, like a Braun Strowman or Veer Mahan or something. Um, so I thought it was a good idea. This crowd did not seem to agree though, because they were not responsive at all, really, for the, the, the duration of this match. And not to say the match was all that great, nor did I see that much chemistry between the three of them as like a unit. Um, but I at least would, would expect, a, you know, a bit bigger reaction given the, the combined star power of the three. Perhaps it would have been better to, you know, feed like three actual roster members to them. But I, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have received that big of a reaction either way. 
Then they just did a promo about Saturday's match, and Belair referred to Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky doing damage control. But on on Saturday, they are taking control. So they continue to use the uh, the damage control name, but have not officially named this group. Um, even though that that continues to be the wording that is associated with them. What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for like a T-shirt to be made or, or something like what? Well, it's been uh, a month. Maybe they're taking extra care that it is um, that they can uh, trademark it and that it's not affiliated with any porn sites. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that is that is wise. They've they've run into those problems in the past, so you want to you want to get ahead of that first. Mm. Miz and Champa are with Adam Pierce, and Champa is continually referring to him as Mike. Mike has a lot of distractions, and Pierce offers him counseling and any resources that the company can offer him. Miz is like, that's really nice, considering I'm an independent contractor. And Miz just wants to focus on the match tonight, because after this traumatic event last week, he's and being kidnapped on WWE's watch, like this guy could have a lawsuit on his hands, they're booking him in a match one week later with Bobby Lashley. So Miz did not press charges, and therefore Dexter Loomis has been released. And Pierce says by Miz not talking about it, it's making it easy for Loomis to get away with it. And Miz is just pissed that you put me in a match with Bobby Lashley. But Pierce says, you know what? Quarter hours. That's it, yeah. I, I thought the Miz was really funny here. I, I I think he, you know, despite what I've perceived as sort of like a bit more of a diminished role for him since you know this this new regime has come in and i mean maybe it's inevitable because champa has really to me felt like the focal part of the act over the past month and miz has almost been relegated more into like a managerial role as somebody who takes sometimes the quick losses whereas champa is being much more protected as a serious act despite all that though i feel like the miz has really embraced it He's still like performing his ass off as a as a com- comedy act, and I felt like he did the same here. Uh, essentially, kind of you know playing a traumatized victim for whatever secret torture Dexter Loomis um, did to him. I'm I'm betting it's it's something involving his balls, and he's so embarrassed, like he he just can't talk about it. Um, I I hope this ends like I, I can appreciate it now as like it's sort of a bit of comedy and I hope I could still continue to appreciate it as a as a bit of comment comedy rather than any sort of like territory that actually makes me think about people that, that might actually be suffering from any sort of trauma like worthy of like you know counseling for instance but I thought the Miz did a good job. Yeah, I, I didn't think about the um the potential of his like balls being what, what whatever what was done to them, but um. Yeah, maybe that's that's the whole. Maybe he here. drew his balls. Like, isn't that what Dexter Loomis does? He sketches. And De- and Dexter has the the portrait of his balls to reveal to everybody how big they really are. <laughs> that's it. That is the secret. So solve yeah, this. Might be th- this might be the end of the honeymoon period that Paul Levesque has been enjoying for this past month. This might be <laughs> the storyline that that really takes everybody into the new era. This was certainly yeah a test of how much this new regime actually has has changed. And then it was time to bring out Pittsburgh's own Kurt Angle. And he came out to a very nice reaction. And all of a sudden, dude, this guy went in his 2003 tracksuit and he's showing off his abs at 53. He, this guy was bound and determined. I'm showing up at Ron Pittsburgh and I'm not wearing a shirt. And he came out here. He's got his Olympic gold medal on. And this guy, he like, he just had, what was it like double knee surgery like not too long ago i mean mm-hmm. 
You know, look, look, hey, man, you don't have knees. You could still work out your abs, okay? And, and this guy uh, certainly has. He, he looks to be in tremendous shape. I mean, imagine trying to stay motivated at that age, John. I mean, this is granted, this is a super athlete Olympian, but still, you know, like if you don't have a reason to show it off, uh, your once a year appearance on TV, like I'm sure more than justifies it. So he came up with, a, you know, this is Pittsburgh, great deal of, um, you know, um, reaction for him they zoom into one fan sign in the crowd that read welcome back kurt c-u-r-t and i'm like seriously really this this guy this man's only been around for like you know 20 plus years i mean if you're from pittsburgh i'm assuming you might know a a little bit about his olympic run as well c-u-r-t should have thrown the kid out i hope it was a kid at least yeah so kurt's out and he's interrupted by Alpha Academy. And Chad Gable calls Kurt a personal hero of his. And your story resonated when I was pursuing my Olympic hopes. And that says that he is not going to have his open challenge because there's not a shred of talent among these mouth breathers in Pittsburgh. And then goes to the crowd. Hey, there's an Olympic hero in this ring, not to mention Kurt Angle. Great it says line. that. Yeah, very good line from Gable. I thought Gable was was very funny here. Mm-hmm. He says that they can change the world and Kurt can join Alpha Academy for one night. Kurt declines and then they have a shoosh off where they just escalate and they're yelling shoosh to one another. And then as he Gable goes to unleash Otis on Kurt, the Street Profits run down in black and gold and state that if you mess with Kurt, you must want to get hurt. And I thought maybe... Maybe they had Daniel Pewter shirts and realized that, hey, wait a minute, that rhymes with Kurt. The, and, the first person to rhyme Kurt with Hurt, yes. <laughs> and they're already in a bad mood because their bus was vandalized on SmackDown, and they're going to take it out on Alpha Academy. Gable's willing to accept this if they agree that if they beat the Street Profits, Kurt has to join Alpha Academy. And I'm expecting Kurt to state, wait a minute. What the hell do I get out of this? Like, what does a Street Profits win do for me that would be risking me joining your group? But instead, it's, oh, it's true. It's damn true. And that was the one thing. Like, Kurt very much just felt felt like like the wind-up toy that was just going to un- deliver all the classic lines. And, and that that was kind of his his promo here, was just to do all the... Uh, all the usual lines in the, in this promo, but the audience was into Kurt being out here. Honestly, at this point, I, I'm not really expecting much more from these sort of like celebrity cameo appearances. Um, it, it seems like this is something that, that they're doing, you know, every time they're in a, a town that at least allows them to do something like this. Last week it was Trish. This week it, it was Kurt. It's just, you know, your special guest star from the past and we'll try to include them in a segment somehow. And you'll feel all sort of nostalgic feelings as they deliver their um, catchphrases and uh, drinks milk and, and all that stuff. But for somebody like a Chad Gable with this current incarnation of his heel character, I don't know if you could have a better dream partner, um, you know, than a, than a Kurt Angle. There's obviously so much real life history between Gable's admiration for Kurt Angle and their shared history as an Olympian. Um, and I thought he had some really funny material and the idea of him coaching Kurt Angle to the next level, I think, I think is great. So he was tremendous here and uh, Ford, I thought was really good too. I don't know if you noticed, but like every single thing he said was, was a rhyme and it could have been very corny, but I thought he delivered it pretty well. Uh, they also officially announced Edge and Ray against Balor and Priest being added to the Clash show on Saturday. And that takes us yeah. to the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. 
Dawkins uh, leaps over forward in the ring and ends with a tope con hero. Dawkins was just going all out here uh, throughout the, the beginning of the match. They, these four, I thought, had a, a really strong outing here. Uh, Gable cut him off with a, a dragon screw out of the corner. And then we see uh, Otis land his big spinning elbow that just drills Dawkins. Uh, silencer, he comes back to hit onto Gable. And then Ford goes for a slingshot blockbuster, but is caught with Gable for a Northern Lights getting a two count. And Otis just presses Ford in the air, diving headbutt by Gable. Dawkins is in to make the save. And then Gable applies the ankle lock as he's eyeing Kurt, who is seated ringside. And Ford is able to get to his feet, backflips out, and then he applies the ankle lock onto Gable, goes down to the mat, and it's broken up with a splash from Otis. And then Otis gets into Kurt's face and gets launched over the table by Angelo Dawkins. And this ending sequence, we see Gable go for the American automatic. Ford flips over, landing on his feet, and we see Dawkins hit a pounce, sending Gable into the air to be met with a suplex by Ford. And then from the heavens across the ring as Ford pins Gable. I I thought this match was great. Great that these uh, four had, and a really strong finishing sequence too. Yeah, I thought it was really strong as well. This sort of felt like your nine nine p.m. showcase match. Um, it, what to me particular emphasis on making Dawkins look like the standout, with showcasing his improved athleticism, and uh, you know taking much of the spotlight when it's usually given to Ford. Unfortunately, this was another instance where I felt like the crowd was was not necessarily there for it. Um, on screen, watching it, if watching this on mute, I think you would have really appreciated this, but I don't necessarily feel like it had, for whatever reason, the soundtrack. Even though the stakes were huge, John. I mean, Kurt Angle was set to join a. Alpha Academy here, but this this crowd unfortunately did not seem to to buy it. Um, but as a little celebrity interaction thing, something for Kurt Angle to do, I I really did not dislike it. As as odd of a fit as Angle and the Street Profits might be, I mean he's kind of made a name for himself with odd fits with with his membership in the Shield, of course. So um, yeah, I thought this was fine. Yeah, it was uh, it was consistent throughout the show where you saw like the, the audience was not super engaged into all the matches. You had some of that in, in Toronto, too. Like it does feel like it, it's uh, audiences that, you know, they get big into like the, the entrances, the big near falls in, in the match or, or very big spots. But it's kind of just, you know, that that sustained level of just heat during during a match. You know, it varies, certainly, based on where they were. But you certainly felt the crowd come come down kind of in, in the middle of some of these lengthier matches on the show. Then the Street Profits afterwards, they give a solo cup to Kurt Angle. And he takes a sip and spits it out and instead goes and grabs milk to give to Ford and Dawkins. Yes, yes. Yeah, Um I've, I've seen enough bottles of milk over the past two weeks that I have, I think, in my entire adult life. Um, so this kind of made me shudder a bit. Yeah. I, I could maybe go without the guy who a big portion of his life is his sobriety to be making the joke about uh, dr- drinking something uh, by mistake, but say, uh, I doubt they were thinking that deeply, but you're there you go. He didn't like it though. He spat it out. The Steelers are in attendance in the front row. And we get footage from earlier in the day, this aerial shot of Rollins and Riddle in the parking lot, and they have to be separated. And that leads to our face-to-face interview that Corey Graves is hosting with Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. And this was, um, well, the second part of this 
completely inspired, I am, I imagine, by John Jones and Daniel mm-hmm. Cormier and that famous segment that they had where they thought the mics were off or that they weren't live. And then the footage uh, leaked of, of the two just going back and forth with each other. But the first half is the part that is, quote unquote, airing on television. And Rollins accuses Riddle of creeping by his bus. And Rollins says, it's, it's my time. You're not on my level. And Riddle says, I'm going to embarrass you, just like Reigns and Cody did. And Rollins responds, no one likes you or the way you talk. But Riddle says he's going to be here for a long time. And Riddle's going to put him on the shelf right next to Cody. And or sorry, that's what Rollins says. He's going to put Riddle on the shelf with Cody. And so anyway, it ends with Riddle stating he's going to prove there's only one man in Rollins' marriage, and that's Becky, bro. So Riddle, still a caveman, according to Edge, which I just found it amazing that we had like that line earlier in the show kind of pointing out like just how dated this kind of uh, thought process is. And then we have a babyface later in the show pretty much do exactly that. Yeah, but I mean, this, the man is Becky Lynch's nickname. You know, so it, it, I, I it, for a wrestling line, I thought it was clever. I think I think when you pair it with the one earlier, that's just calling it out like it's just silly. Like um, it, it was also done to set up, of course, the, the line, the, the real cutting line that was to come later. Yeah. So after the break, they state that they were still miked and they're going to air what, what just happened during the break. And Rollins points out about the line riddle used about rollins family he says you don't have a family after your wife divorced you and took your kids and they don't want to see your bitch ass and this prompts riddle to storm back with f-bombs and calling him a bitch we should also mention that he was uh, he's back to being matt riddle on the on the show he was introduced as matt riddle in this segment so it looks like he has regained his first name and, and it makes you wonder if that's going to sort of be an edict for a lot of these guys that have lost names over the years that they're going to get back to but uh yeah this was um i hope that those being used for heat for a storyline uh at least had a heads up that this was going to be used on national television and mm-hmm. i don't know if WWE really wants to be broadcasting a lot of this stuff about Matt Riddle and going to to Google. Yeah, it's true. It's always the risk, isn't it? At the same time, I, I think, you know, if you're a um, professional wrestling creator, you want to look for ways to make the product feel more believable. To me, like this has been a feud that's been okay. Like they've had some pretty heated brawls. In ring, I've I've not doubted for one second that this match will be tremendous. But as characters, I've and as promos, I, I I've always felt like they were a bit lacking. And whether it's because it's it's a bit tough for me to take Riddle in a serious role after seeing him for like you know the better part of a year plus playing Surfer Dude, or if it's Seth Rollins still very much doing ha ha ha, you know, it, it, seeing this little bit of like hey we're off air, uh, I'm gonna really kind of go for the juggler type of verbiage between the two actually for the first time made me believe in the rivalry. So I, I think that's what they're going for at the expense of perhaps some, you know, of the side effect of somebody Googling exactly what happened between Matt Riddle and his wife, for instance. Um, and again, I wonder how deeply they're thinking about, you know, those ramifications if, if they should, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would just say like for, for these kinds of angles, I think, um, 
I, I wouldn't want people to be blindsided, especially when you're talking oh, about yeah. like kids and stuff. And you know, if if you had you know th- some a really bad response of you know his wife like being upset about this and and voicing that after, like if you don't know this line is coming or something like that is that is that could prompt a, re- a response. And I don't think that's the kind of attention you you want uh, at any time. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I, I will say I, I enjoyed the like, you know, again, I'm I'm stepping in after a month out. So a lot of this still feels kind of fresh to me, this sort of production. And I felt like certain things that they included here, like the John Jones, Daniel Cormier thing at the end, or even like having um, cell phone footage from some fan filming from the roof. I guess, you know, of like Seth Rollins and, and maybe this was Dexter Loomis hanging out on, on the roof. Sure. Maybe. But um, those little kind of production tricks, I, I still find very novel to see on Raw. They feel very unvince and un-Kevin Dunn-like, and I can appreciate them because they, they, they add a level of realism that I, I'm not used to on the main roster shows. It's kind of taking something like the, the, the parking lot footage of something that you could see a million times on WWE television, like a pull-apart. Mm-hmm. But let's how, how can we do a pull-apart a bit differently? Well, let's, let's just do a different like kind of like aerial shot and d- just taking something like we we're not changing the substance of it. We're just showing a different way to do it and it looks different and it feels new. I especially appreciated the camera, the, the cell phone cameraman's reactions and acting as he was filming it. What? <laughs> Get him riddle. <laughs> Man, he should have called him Matt riddle made it feel really authentic. After You're that. right. Yeah. Yeah. Miz and Ciampa are in the back walking uh, towards the ring, and Miz walks by Dexter Loomis. He freezes, he turns around, and it's a different security guard. So this is the classic Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior feud in WCW where classic Miz is cra- sort of used. Um, I, I don't yes. Know. Yeah, and never really good. So Miz is out of his mind seeing things that all of us can also see. So we're also we are the Miz. We are seeing what he's seeing, and it got even more ridiculous later when. Okay, well, we'll fast forward yeah. here a bit. This was more, I think, just the Miz being spooked by things that looked like Dexter Loomis, you know, or, or like it was a guy him. dressed in black. Oh, it was this was actually it was him. It was him. Yeah, oh, it wasn't like he was. He had his head turned around, and it was just a guy with blonde hair. It was actually Dexter Loomis with his face. Oh, I must have looked off screen. You mean you mean like in the hallway here? He walks by Dexter Loomis, stops, oh, okay. and then when he turns around, it's a different person there. So that's maybe gotcha, what you, gotcha. What you I, I must have so, missed that that one. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny is the 2022 MTV VMA Artist of the Year. So I'm imagining this WrestleMania deal is like, okay, I'm going to go train. I'm going to do this match, and then you guys are going to promote my work. Okay, like for the next three months, your next tour? No, forever. You're going to promote everything I do in perpetuity. Okay, cool. I have to imagine like he's got some sort of long-term commitment with them, you know, and and that maybe for WrestleMania, he's already got something booked. I have to think. Otherwise, yeah, what is the incentive? It's it, believe me. It's great that they are so tied to this guy. I mean, it mm. makes it makes. Stuff he's got really the, he's great. got that um, Spider Man movie coming out too, where he plays a wrestler. So I'm sure you're you're going to get a ton of tie in there too. Bobby Lashley against the Miz. Champa is in the corner. 
Uh, Lashley hits a, uses a delayed vertical and sends Miz to the floor and Ciampa goes up to Miz and Miz winds up like he's going to hit Ciampa because he's all paranoid and they go to break after he gets knocked down by a, by a shoulder block. Lashley then goes to run Miz into the post and Ciampa climbs onto the post to use himself as a shield, allowing Miz to capitalize and take over, uh, with Lashley getting rammed into the desk and to the steps. Lashley then comes back, tosses him around and sets up for the spear with Ciampa pulling Miz out to the floor and Miz gets his necklace and the referee is telling him to remove this necklace from the ring allowing Ciampa to strike Lashley and sets up a near fall after Miz hits a DDT and as Miz then goes for the skull crushing finale he looks out and sees Dexter Loomis at the top of the of the aisleway uh, towards the concourse area. And the whole crowd turns around and they all react to seeing Dexter Loomis. So remember this. And then Loomis disappears. Chompa does not see him. And Miz gets caught in the hurt lock and is submitted by Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a match, I, I think you... Uh, not not really worth commenting on. I mean, it's it, it's a match that I think you you know exactly what you're you're gonna get with with the Miz versus Bobby Lashley. It was perfectly fine for WWE Raw TV, uh, but really a vehicle to to continue this Lubis and Miz story. And as I mentioned, I think the Miz is very good as sort of this sort of comedic, spooked out victim of this like supernatural act in Dexter Loomis. He sells this sort of thing the way like a you know a Yokozuna or a, a Kamala would to, when they were selling for the Undertaker. Um it's mid-card comedy that I think of the Miz excels at and I don't mind it in small doses. Unfortunately I felt like it kind of hindered some bigger projects here in Lashley and Ciampa who, you know, La- Ciampa I feel like has been enjoying some real good focus as like a serious act on a show. And in this match, it felt like he was more so again, relegated to like comedy sidekick again, the spot of him, like actually cowering to Bobby Lashley after Lashley, like, you know, pretended to deck him. I thought was completely, completely unnecessary him climbing the ring post, like a tree, like to protect the Miz. I thought was stupid and made him look, you know, like just, just like a geek. Um, And even Lashley in winning the match, it, it felt like, Yes, he had a two-on-one disadvantage, um, but still, it felt like he needed Dexter Loomis to beat the Miz, the Miz of all people, you know. So I don't think it did either of those two any favors. And what are we doing here? You know, we're 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 kind of in a way sacrificing sacrificing those two for the Miz and Dexter Loomis. And you know, as I was following along, at least you know, very casually, John, hearing all the names that were coming back. Oh, carrying cross, cool. Hit row, cool. Dexter Loomis, what? Like, I don't know what sort of bidding war there was for this guy, and how of all people, Triple H decided to put his neck out to bring this guy back. He must love this act for some reason. I don't, and I, I don't know why. It, it's so different from like all the other things that he's been like, you know, pushing up to the main roster. He, he loves this sort of kidnapping, spooky shit. I think they want to have like a. Not like a, a parallel character to, but kind of the same principle that Kane served. Like this guy that can do all the wacky stuff that we can come up with. And he's this character that's uh, totally different from everyone. I, I think it feels very, um, you know, the guy plays the character great, but I'm just, I'm not all that interested in this. I feel it's, um, 
it's going to be a big time suck on this show. And I think tonight's show with very much evidence of it that we're, we're getting back to all this, you know, can we see this? Can we not see this stuff? It kind of goes counter to, I think, a lot of the high points that this show has been receiving the last few weeks kind of going against this this sort of thing. Agreed. Yeah, it it just it, it, especially now it felt really out of place during Black and Gold. I'll say you know Loomis feels more like a two point character, even though he, he, he you know they were phasing out of him by that point. But like especially now in in what feels like a revamped Black and Gold version of Raw, like Loomis especially feels a bit out of place. We go to the locker room and Edge has some photos for Kurt Angle doing a, a spoof on their segment that they did 20 years ago where Kurt's he's not going to fall for this again, where there's some message written on the back that he's oblivious to. Uh, but the first photo's blank and Kurt is just completely trusting now of Edge after the first photo is a real one. And he continues to go through them. And the first one reads that he's uh, he bull- he brings up uh, him and Ray beating Kurt Angle for the tag titles and. I was amazed because I was like, you're right. <laughs> Kurt Angle held the tag titles by himself and he lost the tag titles all by himself. How did he do that? How did he have a run as a tag champion uh, all those years ago? I, you know, I, my memory is very foggy. Um, I, I, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Um, but you didn't see the photo either. So there you go. I, I thought it was a really nice way to, you know, again, make the best, you uh, uh, you can of these sort of nostalgic acts by drawing the association of a Kurt Angle with people that was there, that were there, you know, for his initial run. This was a callback to, I don't know how well remembered necessarily like this segment was from back in the day, but like the moment that they started to do it again, I I remembered. So I thought it was a really nice little nod to longtime fans. It's one of those if. if- if you were watching around then, I think you'd probably remember this. If not, it's it's still a funny bit where you, totally. you get what the joke is just mm-hmm. on its surface without the uh, the context. Totally. So anyway, he goes through, you know, beating him for the U.S. title, starting the You Suck chant. And at the end, it says, you still suck. And Kurt's just over the moon about these photos before he turns around with Ray and Dominic there and reads the back and yells, Cripes on Friday. He did it again. So... Kurt was just a A1 geek on the, on this show, but a, a lovable one. And Dominic then is alone with Ray. So are you ready? Oh, yeah. I've waited a month for this. Dad, I thought this would be a family thing at Clash of the Ch- Castle. Ray tells him, this is about family. Edge is family. I just need that experience. But I need you to still be in our corner. Dad... You're going to make me fly all across the world just to be in your corner? What the fuck is going on? I understand. I will be in your corner, father. So he's going all the way to Wales just to be in this guy's corner. What a son. Ray deserves it if he turns on if he turns on dad. I'm sure the sightseeing will be nice, you know, for for young Dominic here. Um I'm loving this Dom slow burn. You know, like it's I think they're doing a good job with the verbiage. They're doing a good job with the actions. And it's a role where I feel like Dominic's delivery is actually perfect for this, whatever he's going through, this sort of naive, innocent little boy who, I mean, even though we all suspected in in story, you could buy that he will never turn on his poor father. Um, So that mullet's been coming in real good, and you know, once that goatee is is in, it's it's all over. 
Yeah, I, I like that they had this segment because earlier you have Ray and Dominic just show up with the kendo sticks. And mm-hmm. the last we had seen was Edge had speared Dominic and Dominic went AWOL and we just didn't know what the deal was. And then to just bring him back, this was at least, okay, they're not just dropping that aspect of the story. There's still there's you're still teasing this resentment from Dominic towards Edge and Ray picking Edge over his son. Yeah, Don and Ed shared a fist bump in the ring as if to say, hey, like that. There was that acknowledgement, sort of yes. Old news now, but there's still still resentment there, which which uh, I think is, is being very nicely, subtly told. Uh, there was a video for Connor's Cure that they were uh, promoting on the show and then some kids showing in the crowd with Titus O'Neil. And the Usos come out. They, this was great. They kept promoting throughout the show. The bloodline will be here. Well, the bloodline minus Roman Reigns was going to be here. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, as long as Sammy is in there with oh one of God. those guys, that's the bloodline now. I don't, I don't care about the rest. He, he's the key ingredient. Sammy Zayn is my favorite person in WWE right now. He, yeah. like every week, he's been doing these great segments with Roman Reigns, and they're in this entrance. He, this guy needs to come out with the Usos theme every time for now on oh he goodness. was awesome here i could if i had time i would have just rewound and watched this multiple times he was the best coming out to the usos theme it was so awesome he's the best he's the best <laughs> they cut a promo about the bloodline running both shows roman's gonna beat drew on saturday and they get interrupted by kevin owens the, be- the best he- thing is like zane he's like <laughs> he's throwing the ones up with these guys he's yelling yeet like like yeet you know it's the best he's so incredibly aware of who he is what his role is and the exact perfect thing he needs to do to play dorky white guy amongst the coolest stable in the company the photo that that circulates all the time of the 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 bloodline and with zane as like teenagers it's just it's the best it's just it's so it's so perfect to describe this relationship so Kevin is out, and he states that he is the one that runs this show and says that Roman still owes him one. And Jay asks, is this is this your boy, Sammy? And Sammy is just caught in the middle here. He says, technically, yes. Technically, mm-hmm. yes. Could you imagine that way? Technically, yes. Are yes. you friends with Pollock? Technically, <laughs> yes. And he tells Zane to get him before Jay does. So Zane is put in the middle here, and he explains to Kevin that Roman Reigns doesn't owe anyone anything ever. That's how it is. Owen says, it's really sad. It's very sad to see, Sammy, that you have forgotten that you're one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, and you're being reduced to being the Bloodline's clown. You're still my best friend. You're family. It's sad. It's really sad. You should reassess things. Called him a the, brother. Th- yes, he called him a brother. And th- this was the classic. It's it's way worse. It's one thing for someone to be upset at you. It's 10 times worse for someone to be disappointed in you. And this mm. was Kevin being disappointed in him. Mm. And the blo- Sammy explains, the bloodline likes me. Jimmy likes me. And Jay, we're working on it. We're working on it. Well, Roman likes me. And then Jay threatens Owens if he doesn't leave. But Owens walks right into the ring and says that Jay and Paul Heyman are the only reason he did not end Roman's title reign at last year's Royal Rumble 18 months ago. And that for two years, 
you've been you've your head has been up your cousin's ass and ends it by stating now's the time where we put the microphones down we get a referee and we just fight great great stuff stuff. great stuff here from everybody involved including kevin owens who came across like such a badass here he had so many moments where he was just like he was stepping into you know a three-on-one disadvantage and when things got uh you know escalated to to uh, physical altercation he looked in the back saw that nobody was coming to to you know his aid and proceeded to walk into the fire anyway uh he's you know he's he's doing some some tremendous work right now as as this sort of badass baby face and i thought he was great zane's character is so incredibly compelling in every single one of these backstage or or in front of stage performances with the bloodline he has nailed every single d- delivery that he needs to convey whether it's comedy or some sort of i don't know um quandary about whether or not he stays loyal to his friend or 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 to his his new friends in this case he's found himself caught between you know ex-friend uh who appreciates him for his true self um or his new mean girl's friends, the cool clique, you know, that, that he has to pretend to be somebody else for. And I love that he's, they're just doing such a great job of, of telling these stories. In particular, I love his relationship with Jimmy, uh, Jay Uso. I love his relationship with Jimmy Uso as well. Like they have that ridiculous handshake. Jimmy's like, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah. And they have the ridiculous handshake to prove yes. it, which I, I think you and I should learn, John. Um, but Jay's performances, I think, have been very good too. You know, he's doing such a good job of looking mean and completely unfriendly. And I would argue, like, I feel like it's this might be the most distinct I felt like the two Usos have been for quite some time. The fact that they each have their own feelings towards Zane and they play such vastly different characters at this point. So everybody in, in this was tremendous. And they, they had a nice match here. Uh, they go to the floor, and Jimmy distracts, allowing for Jay to hit a super kick, and then a Samoan drop to Owens onto the steps. That sets up the commercial break. Uh, we come back. The stunner and super kick are both stopped from each other. Owens then hits his own super kick and sets up Jay for the pop-up, but he lands on his feet, super kicking Owens, and hits the Uso splash for a near fall. Tries another with Owens cradling him and then jimmy gets knocked off the apron owens hits a frog splash and then to the floor he goes and he's about to hit an apron bomb when sammy steps in and he takes his eye off of jay to deal with sammy and allows jay to land a dive onto owens and the usos instruct sammy get a chair and sammy's what what chair what chair and he goes, he gets a chair, and he's so conflicted as Owens is draped on the rope, and they're telling him to hit him. And just as he's about to, he has to make a decision, he spots the referee, and he can't hit Owens with the chair. Jimmy is furious, and Zane's explaining he would have disqualified you. So he's got the out here. And with that, Jay turns around, he's stunned by Owens, and Owens gets the win. We saw some other spot earlier in the evening with uh, Finn Balor and and uh, AJ Styles, except I felt obviously this one was far better told, you know, because you had the promo time between Kevin and Sammy and also because Kevin and Sammy you know, have a much longer believable history than Finn and AJ Styles. Um, but I thought they told the next chapter in this whole thing uh, really well here. Sammy, as he fucks up at the end, slides into the ring to try to make the save, and he gives the best facial expression ever that the camera closes in on. Like, he knew he just fucked up with both Jay and uh, the Tribal Chief. Um, good match. You know, uh, again, Jay Uso, I think, has been great. Kevin Owens has been on a, a real great run uh, ever since he, you know, fully turned babyface, and it seems to continue this build for Kevin Owens versus 
Roman Reigns, which how how do you see that? When do you see that match happening? And um, is it does it telegraph a, a finish at certain finish at Clash of the Castle? I mean, it's um, like the the match. It, it, it's tough because it would almost have to be like I don't think Reigns is scheduled for the October show. So you've got you could do it on TV, and then you're looking at like Survivor Series if you are going to go that direction. Or if you're just leaving this as kind of this kind of this ultimate goal for for Kevin Owens that because um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't completely throw out the notion of uh, of Drew winning on on Saturday and I think yeah. like the more you like they've gone all the way with, with Drew on this this build up and it's just it's really hard for me to see him losing on on Saturday but at, at the same time there's there's been a lot of those those cases where it's just been dominance for for Roman and. That, that could happen. I, I think the audience is going to be into both, to be quite honest. I don't think it's going to be a strict uh, Drew crowd. Like, I think Roman will be like, it's. I think the uh, the atmosphere is going to be tremendous for that match on Saturday. Agreed. Agreed. So in that sense, they can really go with either guy, you know, coming out of Clash at the Castle. But I, I think I, I, I'm in agreement that I, I, I see Drew as more of a favorite just to make a bit of a statement at, at this, you know, big stadium show overseas. Um, and if that is the case, you know, are they... It, it, when we're speaking of Kevin Owens, are they working overtime to try to, you know, uh, swerve us, to misdirect us into thinking that we're going to get Owens versus Reigns right after Clash at the Castle? Yeah, which is just like it can just be this elusive thing of Kevin Owens with with Roman Reigns. Like they're bringing up their match from a year and a half ago, and it's like there's no mm-hmm. reason that like we're, we're so conditioned in WWE that it's these like these 30 day periods that exist like this is stuff that this can be a long term uh story that you that you get to when, when you're ready to do it with with Owens and Reigns and it doesn't have to be in in 3 or 4 weeks time Bailey, Sky, and Kai, they just cut a, a quick promo backstage. They won't stop at Raw. They're going to take over this entire company and prove they are in control with the tag titles. Just a, a simple promo to set the table for the main event. You know, we, we've talked about how, um, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Raquel and Aaliyah uh, evidently have this longstanding friendship between the two. I, I found it really odd that they've never acknowledged Dakota and Raquel's past together until... Correct they brought it up in the, in, in the match. In the match itself by yeah. Corey Graves, almost as like an offhanded remark. Oh, by the way, these two are NXT Tag Team Champions together. But if you're, you know, they've acknowledged the way, they, they've really acknowledged a whole lot from NXT over the past month. Um, You figure like this would be sort of like one of the main things, especially now that, you know, this match ended up being in the finals. So I'm a little bit surprised they, they didn't, you know, ramp up, especially in this promo from Dakota, at least mentioning that, hey, I know you very well, Raquel, you know, something like that. The Miz is leaving the arena in a panic. Ciampa runs up to Mike and explains how he's worried about him. Miz says he's fine. And then Kevin Patrick stops the Miz as he's getting into the car. And Kevin Patrick asks the Miz, what did you see during the match? What did you see during the match? So, if you're the viewer, you saw Dexter Loomis. This entire arena stood up to look at Dexter Loomis, but we're to believe that this is a figment of everyone's imagination. This is completely preposterous. I didn't see anything. What are you talking about? Well, Kevin, you and Kevin Patrick missed. Uh, There's no Loomis. nobody there. I didn't see him in the hall. I didn't see him in the hallway. I didn't see him in in this arena. What are you talking about, John? Okay. Are you okay. Well, I. I guess I'm losing. You all right? 
<laughs> whatever dude it's like it's the whole like i don't know elias uh, ezekiel thing it's it, it, it's it, it'll be funny when the audience plays along right um but you these things have their but, limits. but wait a minute this is not it's this would be something if like miz was the one that was nuts here but it's like we're nuts like we're with miz here kevin patrick did right. not see but the fans saw this. So you know what I mean? It's like it's it's the reverse of like we're not in on the joke here. We are the joke. You know, I, I need a chart. I need a diagram to, to work that out. But it's like in the end, it's mid card comedy. And um, I can appreciate it in small doses. This felt like a bit more than a small dose, though. I, I do feel that this storyline is very interesting to watch the overall reaction to. Because I will guarantee you, six months ago, this is completely panned. And today, I think like you are going to have more people that are open-minded to something like this because that's the overall attitude, I think, towards WWE creative at the, at the moment. And that's very hmm. interesting to see a storyline like this and that there's benefit of the doubt versus just another stupid paranormal um, angle that's being introduced here. Like we were, we were mocking the idea of – a potential supernatural direction for the judgment day. And this, like I'm seeing more embracing of this than rejection. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know because I, I, that'll be interesting to see. Cause like to me, like Loomis and Miz are hardly like darlings, you know, of the internet um, community. But I think, you know, much like I thought, I think you saw a lot of support for Ezekiel and, and Elias at the end, um, including myself who, who found it very entertaining. Um, Maybe maybe people are entertained just as much by this whole thing. There was a taped interview with Johnny Gargano in the empty arena earlier in the day, and he's talking about being out of the ring for the longest time since he was eight years old, and Theory did not ruin his week last week. He says Theory is like family to him. Theory's got every genetic gift that I don't have, and with that, Theory walks down and sits next to Gargano and said... You never called when I became United States champion or money in the bank winner. And Gargano's like, dude, I've I've been busy. Yeah, I'm Is sorry it, I didn't call to congratulate you on on your stellar interview um, you know, um this this week and and everything else, John. You I was busy. Yeah, you you didn't call um because <laughs> you're a little bit jealous while you're playing stay at home dad. But way you're swimming with the sharks now. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Hey, man, I I thought this was very good. I was wondering how they would follow up with Gargano. And I think typical expectation, especially when they introduced this sort of um, backstage interview, was that Theory would come in and you'd get an attack. I felt this was much better. Like Theory instead sat down and had a conversation with Gargano and you know, they accomplished a whole lot here in telling us a lot about the backstory between the two, not just if you're an NXT viewer, but, you know, if you're somebody who wants to know what happened between these two in the several months or year that they were apart. Um, from Gargano's perspective, you get an explanation. Like, Theory is somebody who has great genetic gifts that he never had. And as a result, he was plucked from the from the NXT roster and brought up to the main roster uh, when Gargano w- wasn't. And that, in turn, gave Theory a, a big head. Never touched base with his mentor afterwards. Never called to even congratulate him on his child. And meanwhile, Theory holds resentment because Gargano never thanked him 
or, or never congratulated him for all of his accomplishments. How many feuds are built on the foundation of just not you never call utilizing you never, yeah. modern day technology to reach yeah. out to somebody? I mean, that is the basis of so many of these feuds. You never called, you never texted. It's like it's so hey easy, man, it's man. relatable, is it. it not? You know, like uh, uh, okay, if somebody didn't, if somebody, I'm trying to think if I'd get pissed off if somebody didn't congratulate me on on my kid uh, having a kid. I don't think I would be. I don't think I'd give, I'd give a shit at all. Um, but it would attest to how close we were, I suppose, if that person knew. It, listen, it's it's believable. It's believable that they would hate each other for this reason, would it not? Wasn't I? Uh, I was bugging you about something else, and then you like had to inform me while I was sitting at a at Kanji Queen. Oh yeah, and by, by the way, I, we had the baby tonight. I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. I was like sending you some uh, some bizarre uh, rap video. Do you remember this? No, I don't. This... One of our friends uh, doing karaoke. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Yes, the yes. identity. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and and then you just had to come yeah. back and <laughs> cool video. Uh, we had the baby. <laughs> well, you weren't supposed like to know. I didn't. I didn't tell anybody yet. So I was no. going to tell you, of course, and that was a perfect opportunity. So, and, and, and no, that I, I do. I, I won't hold the grudge, but I. Yeah, I, I, I like the segment. I thought it was strong follow-up. It was better than just a generic, you know, fight, pull-apart type of thing. I'll say, like, there, there's quite a few stories they have going on that are not going to be featured at, at the pay-per-view on Saturday. But mm-hmm. it's, like, your follow-up, like, you have a lot of these stories that are moving forward that it's not, like, just this cold reset that you have after a big show. It's, like, you have these, like, um, like, like this Feud is going to continue. They're they're not on Saturday show. There's there's like a number of like big names that are not featured on Saturday show, and that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, as you uh, as you and I believe you and Kate mentioned, like they they some of these guys are sort of in holding patterns. You know, they're they're sort of like in a in a bit of a vibe to like want to have a big introduction. You know, every week or so, and a lot of those guys aren't necessarily pegged for a match on the pay per view yet. They still have to keep their presence active on the show and. You know, there there are plenty of pay-per-views to fill in the months to come. And the main event, it's the finals of the women's tag tournament, Io Sky and Dakota Kai against the best friends, the bougie and the badass, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, who just yeah. are hugging their way to the ring. I know you you've been speaking about it, but like it's still so novel to me to see these sort of video packages, you know, heading into like significant matches or like tournaments or or whatever. Um it's so great that like somebody is finally putting WWE's tremendous video production resources to great use. This is like the type of stuff that makes a main event feel like a main event. Um, it's the type of stuff that like really makes WWE feel similar to like a real sports product. So I I've, I've been loving their their video production heading into these matches. Wait till you get the Dexter Loomis Miz video package. Oh okay yes maybe that's when we'll get the picture of the balls. Uh, backstage, uh, Nikki, Dewdrop, Dana Brooke, and Tamina are uh, watching this match, and they do. This is when they do mention the, the history between Raquel and Dakota Kai. Aaliyah gets sent into the steps, 
And much like SmackDown, these this was a debilitating uh, trauma sustained by Aaliyah, who was out for about a year uh, selling on the floor. So it's the same story as SmackDown, where Raquel has to fight in a handicapped situation. So they had the advantage on her. Raquel then rams Io into Kai and fights back. Sky does a reversal into a code red, and Raquel nails a big lariat, goes for the Tejana bomb onto Sky, but Bailey stops it behind the referee's back. Sky hits the over the moonsault, which Raquel kicks out from. And Bailey starts protesting, prompting Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Bliss to run down and chase Bailey out through the crowd. Aaliyah then returns to the corner. She's alive, and she makes the tag, but stumbles and falls to the floor with the other team not knowing that she's the legal woman. And she runs back in and catches Dakota Kai for the three count, which the... Uh, the who is the legal person to confuse the person taking the pin is is a finish they are certainly relying on pretty heavily uh, of late and in this tournament. Um, what was the last one? What was uh, the last one? Friday they did this. Okay, where where it was uh, Sonia Deville came and uh, and pinned uh, Nikki Ash to advance with uh, Natalia. Yet that one stuck. What are we stuck with? I mean, they they went on to like they 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 didn't take it away. They didn't. No, take no, no. I'm not it. saying take it away, but it's it's more so just the the losing team doesn't are get tricked not knowing who the legal woman is. Um, but yeah. anyway, get, gets the roll up here, and it's Aaliyah and Raquel that get the win, and they they've got like four minutes left, and boy, it just felt like. Either they were doing this intentionally of people expecting Sasha and Naomi to come out at the end of the show, or they just ended early because they felt like they were killing time here for a long time. They did have the big pyro go off, but it was just Mm -hmm. the baby faces celebrating in the ring for an extended period of time. Right, right. Well, uh, to me, like, you know, um, I I think the headline is um, the – to me, this is a dusty finish. I, I don't think that they'll stick with these two as champions. You had Graves upon, you know, the the three count stammer a little, um, calling at least a bit of questioning to um, the result. But I found it very interesting that they went off air without explicitly stating that there was a, a legal person getting pinned. Right. Um, it's something that I think they will follow up on either on social media or SmackDown perhaps. And, and that's when you get maybe some sort of special rematch. But, you know, unlike maybe what you saw on Friday, I, I don't think that this will stick. Um, for one thing, Aaliyah versus, and, and Raquel as your first champions is weird as fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it, like they're, they're just not a compelling team whatsoever, especially if you have Naomi and Sasha potentially coming back. They feel like a, poor baby face fit to to go up against i don't think this tournament will end without um well either sasha and naomi reclaiming the belts or more likely to meet eo and dakota probably winning them and then having uh giving giving them chase but if that is the case and i could be completely wrong maybe they're going to stick with this but if but if i'm i'm right it continues to tell me that they're they're using very innovative or at least different ways of telling their stories you know, going like doing the whole uh, Dexter Loomis thing, going off air and letting the, the Internet continue to, you know, uh, d- detectives try to tell the story. This to me is is another continuation of that where the audience has to go online to track whether or not. Oh, I, I thought he wasn't the legal person. And so her sorry, Dakota wasn't the, the, the yeah, legal Dakota's person. Dakota's the one who took the, the cover. Yeah. So I, I, I'm assuming there's going, going to be follow up if, if maybe by the morning that people are listening to this. Yeah, I mean it's um 
Yeah, they they treated it at, at the end like, hey, they're the champions. Um, I, I didn't think it was all that spectacular of a match. It also does feel, especially if they go the direction you think they're going, where it's Aaliyah who pinned the wrong person. And this is after two matches where it's Raquel's had to pretty much carry the load with Aaliyah out. It almost like teases of Raquel going heel by the end of this and turning on Aaliyah for constantly screwing up. That would actually justify the relentless barrage of smiling that we've been getting from her. You know, she's doing it all to sort of serve up some sort of swerve that, and then you see the smile turning comes to a out frown. Just angry every week with like the biggest, yeah. Frown she comes out face. smiling and then it just like curves into a frown and that's the turn. Okay. Yeah, no, that would, I would love it because yeah, you risk like if this was a straight up EO and Dakota win, I mean, Raquel and Aaliyah might as well have been completely lost in, in, in all of it. This might create a deeper story for everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it's. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you could have got there e- either way. Um, but yeah, uh, you know they did it for a reason, and we'll see what the uh, what the fo- well. We're not going to get any follow up because SmackDown's taped on Friday, so the right. earliest they can really um, bring this up is you know they've got the six woman on the pay per view Saturday, but more likely Monday, featuring like where where this tag division is going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. they just plugged like Clash at the end, like they were just going over the matches and stuff. Like it just felt like it, it ended too early, and they're just like filling time because there's only so many beauty shots you can take with the title and posing to the crowd. That they, it's not like they had a big promo afterwards or a big uh, celebrate. Like they were celebrating in the ring, but it just uh, four minutes can be a long time when everything is uh, standing still. The whole world championship match. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. There you go. That's your first raw back. Way, what did you think? Um, honestly, I don't know if I'm still like kind of like um of the mindset of like the past I don't know five years of watching this version of this show, but I enjoyed Raw as I've enjoyed almost every single version of it over the past month uh, during my catch up viewing. Like this show to me still feels very refreshed, coherent, logical storytelling matches that um, have a reason to be there, production that is not insulting to my intelligence, and um. I don't know, just like interesting directions all, all around. Like I, I, I'm still enjoying very much the fresh coat of paint that I think, you know, WWE main roster products had. This was not the best version of it, of course. This was not without many faults. But in general, I, I would say everything had a reason to be there. And even if I, I'm not the biggest fan of a Dexter Loomis, like I, if you're committing to pushing the guy, like this is how you would do it. Yeah, I, I would say like this to me was um, a show that I, I really enjoyed that Alpha Academy Street Profits match. I thought all the stuff involving uh, the, the Usos with uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens was uh, very strong stuff. I would say th- those are the biggest positives I had on on this show. How about as a j- just as a go home show for uh, Clash Clash at the Castle? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean we didn't have Drew on the show, but that's you know that's a SmackDown program pretty much. Um, Shayna and and, and and Liv is is also a SmackDown program, but uh, what else we got? The Judgment big thing Day. was Riddle and Rollins on the show. That was like the real, the, like the big thing they pushed, and like the, the six woman tag to a degree, but that's not a major match. Right, right, right. And also, of course, um, Edge and Edge and Ray. You know, um, some that's justification right. for them teaming up against the Judgment Day. I 
I, I thought they were doing a good job with that. The most interesting thing about that is the Dominic uh, aspect of it all. But I, as a fan who loved the SmackDown 6 as like one of my favorite eras of WWE programming, the fact that they're kind of rekindling that particular partnership I, I, is pretty exciting to me. So like to me, like Clash at the Castle already feels like a pretty good show, very well built actually on, on paper. Um, and this show didn't detract from it and I think built it in some cases. Uh, j- just remember, though, that they did uh, they did rename them the SmackDown Five during that segment with Kurt. That, that is correct. Yeah, SmackDown Five plus solo yeah. tag team champion Kurt Angle. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's go to uh, some super chats if there are any uh, out there in the in the chat room. Your chance to uh, to weigh in on on Raw or weigh whatever you would like to discuss. Oh my lord! Look at this. Way's going to retire. Twenty dollars <laughs> from Eric. Red pocket to newborn baby. Thank you so much, Eric, or uh, I should say, uh, uh Eric, for, for that red pocket. Uh, my, my kid's been receiving a lot of those from my relatives recently, so that'll go right into his, uh, his inevitably very high um, college tuition fund someday, whenever, if colleges still exist at that point. My advice for people that are, that are going to get uh, uh, gifts for, for babies, especially if it's going to be uh, uh, clothing, everyone always gets you, like the, the onesies that are... For for the how big the Newborn? baby is, yeah, exactly. You're gonna grow those real quick. Oh so yeah, think ahead. Get get like the the six month old onesies because you're gonna need those. And I guess you're not getting too many. No, no. I stop there. Get the twenty year old outfit, okay, for the baby, and then they'll have plenty of time to grow into it. All right, get them get them something that they could use when they're full adult size. All right. We got Rob McDonald. Nicely done with the cold open, John, and congratulations on fatherhood way. All the best. Yes, I'm, I'm submitting you. that for some kind of an award. Uh, you uh, for people who don't listen to who aren't patrons and, and didn't get a chance to listen to Rewind a Smackdown. I mean, tr- tremendous production, tremendous acting on on your behalf, John. Forget Dominic, you know. Forget the Miz in this episode of Raw. I, I think the Oscar goes to you, huh? Pun intended. Yes, I, I wish all of you could see that. Unlike a. Uh, unlike Kevin Patrick. Okay. Jake, so happy for you, eh? Congrats to me after last Sunday. It's a matter of if, not when, Max will win it all. Hard for anybody to stop Red Bull. Uh, yes. So uh, it, did you catch any of uh, F1 over the weekend, way? This was, uh, I mm-hmm. mean, it was an incredible um, story for, for Max Verstappen over the weekend where he he qualified like 14th and he was taking this race over by I can't remember what lap it was, but like the first third of the race, he's he's ahead and he dominate. He wins he wins by like eighteen seconds, and it's just even the most optimistic uh, Ferrari or uh, Mercedes fan. It's like okay, it's over now. This this season yeah. is over. I just wanted to clarify, Jake meant uh, when, not if uh, Max wins. So he he sent in uh, two dollars super chat just to correct himself. So thank you, Jake. Um. You're right. Like ultimately, even though like Verstappen had like a bunch of penalties, a bunch of people had bu- a bunch of penalties. He started from 14th and, and still ended up like winning what felt like a pretty easy race. It f- looked easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but it became a pretty boring race until the last lap where Ferrari, like, were you following this, John? Um, b- b- bits and pieces. I, d- I didn't catch so all of it. Char- but... Charles Leclerc, like, you know, at this point, they had pretty much committed to being fifth place. Okay. They weren't going to be. Oh, is this where he gets the? Uh, yes. In his, yes. They so, contact him. Okay, you explain so, it. It's- okay, so he's he's in fifth place. It's coming up <laughs> on the last lap, and the team's like, 
you know what? Uh, want, we're not going to do any better than five. So why don't you just like go for the fastest lap because the fastest lap gets one point. So uh, you should pit. And then we have such a big gap between five and six. You might as well come in, pit, and then you can at least go for the fastest lap on soft tires. Charles Leclerc, rightfully so, questions this strategy with one lap to go. And if we're Which not should Alonso be ingrained him, in any Ferrari driver. Always question the advice you're being given because this, yeah. this team is being run by just, dude, I, I don't even know at this point. So he pits, changes tires, goes for the fastest lap. And by this point, Fernando Alonso had moved from six to five. So now he's having to overtake Fernando Alonso and luckily manages to overtake him. Does not get the fastest lap, so that was for not. Still finishes the race P5. But then after the race, <laughs> it comes out that Charles Leclerc gets docked five seconds because he was speeding out of the pit. And why was he speeding out of the pits? This is the, the, the craziest part of it all. There was a piece of plastic off of Max Verstappen's fi- visor earlier in the race that had got jammed into his brake and I, I might be fucking all of this up but anyway a little piece of plastic got trapped in their braking system that somehow debilitated their sensors to not be able to tell him how fast he was going and because he had diminished the gap between five and six in attempting the fastest lap the five second penalty ended up putting him in sixth place <laughs> so in attempting to get the extra point he ended up losing two points i mean that 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 to me is just continues just wonderful drive to survive episode that I'm sure is coming up between uh, Charlotte oh, and dude, Ferrari. This next season is going to be the comedy of errors starring Ferrari because oh, yeah. what a year that they have had of just some of the most, I mean, it's just, they're, they're about to have the race in, in Italy and I think they're going to get smoked in that one. And it's dude. just going to be the, the ultimate humiliation of a year that has just been building towards this moment. It's It's been an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm for Charlotte Claire this season. You know, complete, complete with soundtrack and, and all. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. Uh, one last super chat here. Thank you, John. I'm sorry. I, I don't, sorry, I leave the, sorry. I didn't. I know. leave the I super chat reigns to you now, please. Congratulations, pop away from PM Train for five dollars. Thank you very much. Thank Mr. you guys. Train. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for you know being uh, supporters of post wrestling, either listening to the show uh, or or being a patron. You are the reason why I could even have a family. So, um, and especially you and all of our contributors, John, thank you so much for uh, holding down the fort. Well, we got a piece, a few pieces of feedback here from the forum. So uh, we start off with her niece from New York City. Not sure if it's been outright said, but Rhea Ripley is definitely the leader of the group. A week after a great performance against Edge, Priest had a rough match tonight. You could tell that times have changed. We got a couple mentions about that Tuesday show, referring to NXT. The Riddle-Rollins hot mic part with shades of DC, John Jones on ESPN, finally turning Riddle into someone more serious. Guess we know who's taking the tag belts off the Usos, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Lastly, I guess they didn't want the their newest champion control or damage control to get pinned in their first appearance since winning control or damage control. Hmm. I, you know, like come to think of it, I think Marvel might have a trademark on damage control. That might be a, already a, a thing, but or somebody else does maybe a bandit or something. Saeed from Vancouver says, first and foremost, welcome back me. So thank you, Saeed. He says, good to see wrestlers slowly get their full names back. <laughs> What a ridiculous sentence. It's like the photo at the end of a Back to the Future where they've all been disappearing and now they're slowly coming back. Yeah. 
Yeah, imagine if you're like tuning in from another sport. Imagine if you're an F1 fan tuning into pro wrestling for the first time and you're listening to this person say, good to see wrestlers slowly get their full names back. You know, as if that's some sort of like weird cause to celebrate. And it is kind of is. That's that would be the the meeting of worlds. Okay, he's thrust out of WWE. He's got all this cash on hand. He just gets rid of all his his class B shares. And Vince McMahon hooks up with Audi and he's going to go into F1. Wow. Interesting. Imagine the imagine him like being in the headset of a driver. Oh. As they're racing. <laughs> Imagine him and Toto Wolf maybe coming together. Oh, goodness. That's a dream scenario right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'd pay to see that. Uh, okay. He says, I'm surprised to see Riddle and Rollins matches in a street fight at this point. I'm rewatching the finish. Dakota wasn't even the legal person in the match. She even says that after the pin. So does this lead to a rematch? I would almost certainly think so. I, I didn't even catch the part where Dakota like brought it up. I mean, that that certainly gives you focus that they'll go in in that direction he says lastly for the Van- vancouver house show they're pushing roman hard that he will be there do you think this is a stunt to sell tickets or will he be there um if they're promoting him i would imagine he's scheduled for that show i mean it's um i, I wouldn't take their advertising as gospel but i mean typically like yeah if when that Vancouver show is, I think it's in a month's time that if they're promoting him, I, I would imagine he's on that show then. I mean, Vancouver is a big market, so that that does not surprise me that Roman would do that house show. Uh, Mahmoud from Bahrain. First off, a huge congratulations to Way. Hope everything is going smoothly with your transition into fatherhood. Raw was great. Something I've noticed is that matches do not seem random. There's a rhyme and reason for every segment and match taking place. Title matches are given importance. Wrestlers feel more natural. Segments feel dynamic, and the show as a whole feels more logical. Ray and Dominic story bleeding into the edge and Kurt Angle segment was nothing mind-blowing but contributed greatly to making Raw a living and breathing show. Hunter's philosophy of booking and wrestling based on the recent small sample size is exactly what WWE needs right now. Question, do you see any justification to have Drew lose at Clash? Right now, there's all the momentum in the world for him, and in the previous regime, I could have seen Vince keeping the title on Roman for a hopeful Rock title bout. Right now, it makes all the sense for Drew to win, but I could see a messy finish where Roman retains. Um... All the best to you guys and baby Oscar. Uh, well, thank you very much for the feedback, uh, Mahmoud. Uh, we kind of went over this uh, earlier, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly, when, when you're going to have like a pretty hot crowd on Saturday, it's going to be, you know, in, in total, when you have like the, the paid and comps, it's going to be a very, very sizable crowd. Um, there, there, there's a lot of arguments that Drew should win and you can get this belt back on Roman. Um, at the end of the year in January, you can totally do that and give Drew something that um, kind of elevates his standing after after this build. Or can can we see a disputed finish of some sort leading to a splitting of the championships? Um, I, I guess it depends on how it's done. I would be very cautious to do something like that on on, on a show like this and, and kind of come come away with uh, something where it's. I, I just I I don't like the idea of doing something where it's it's sort of a you know controversial finish on on a big show. Like I do feel there should be a winner and a loser. But if you have mm-hmm. a creative enough way, yeah, you can. I I, I will say I know a lot of people um, want to have a title on Raw and SmackDown. I kind of like the the one champion. I I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Like the, it, it does hurt when it's on somebody that is not doing all the live events and such, and he's not on all the shows. Um, but he also feels super important, and whoever beats him, it feels like a major 
accomplishment. And I do feel having that one guy there, there is a strong argument to just having that one consolidated belt. But it's, it's an experiment that has to end at some point, you know, they, they can't indefinitely just have a guy holding two belts. I mean, they could, but I just don't see it happening. You know, especially if they're continuing with uh, two night WrestleManias and, you know, continuing this, like, you know, putting equal uh, value into both raw and SmackDown. Um, and has the experiment gone on long enough to make a point? Uh, I yeah. Know. Like, I, I don't think they're in any kind of harm right now with, with this, this championship. Like they're, both shows are doing very well and and raw has been performing very well and that's the show that does not have the champion most weeks and i i do not think this last month of raw has suffered from not having a, a champion on it hmm. it, it does seem like raw raw has benefited more than smackdown in this last month like smackdown is sort of just in a straight line and it's hmm. it's raw that has been the one that has more so benefited i think from the these changes well i've really found like we 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 do of course talk so much about the content of the show but but friday is is tougher period you know i i found myself not doing the shows not necessarily wanting first as much to to put on the wrestling on a friday as i do perhaps on a monday when hey it's a it's a work night it's it's a bit of sort of levity to to my my week whereas friday a lot of people might have other options just a suggestion maybe uh, all right, we got a finally Muggin who says, normally when I see a dud ending, I would curse Raw to Kingdom Come. I won't because the finish had DK getting rolled up, but she wasn't the legal woman. Hence, Ali and Raquel's title win was a big old asterisk. I'm sure it'll get co- corrected down the line. Owens and Jey Uso was the match of the night as it wisely brings KO back into the Bloodline's orbit and Sami Zayn by extension. Sami's inner struggle does overshadow, foreshadow Owens and Zayn getting back together to knock the Usos off their perch. The Riddle-Rollins split-screen promo heavily invoked evoked Jones Cormier and it added enough sizzle to their match on Saturday. I dug Kurt Angle's appearance. The skit with Gable was hilarious and the edge backstage bit with the you suckle monster was brilliant. Overall, I'm not going to write triple H off yet because of one questionable decision. Side note. Welcome back. Uh, What's the questionable decision? That's, that's supposed to be obvious. Do you know? Um, I don't know what he's, he's, uh, he's referring to. I, Hmm. I don't know about. Okay. Yeah. Let us know next time. Questionable Money. decision. Anyway, anyway. Um, well, thank you everybody for the feedback, for the super chats, and thank you to Waiting for uh, returning to, uh, to his home here at Post Wrestling. You, you've been missed. Uh, you have been missed, John. I, I, I miss podcasting with you. I, I've missed, you know, interacting with, with the audience. And uh, again, I want to thank so everybody who's. Um, made this possible like four years ago five years ago three years ago maybe i taking a month off would have been completely impossible to to fathom um but you know thanks we, thanks we had to, to your- stop you you were you were saying uh john i'm thinking of having a child I was like can't <laughs> not not yet can you put it off for a few years okay i, I will so we had yeah, to get we, enough we had of to get roster. to a certain level way we couldn't we, we, we couldn't lose you for, for that amount of time but yeah we yeah. uh I was very lucky to have so many people to uh, rely on. It was it was enjoyable just to chat with so many uh, different people over this uh, this past month. It was just a wonderful time to be able to like like these are as much as I think like I I I love recording with you and I'm sure the audience loves hearing the two of us. Um, these are wonderful opportunities now to be able to sample everybody else that's available. Um, and, and all the takes and all the. All, all the various styles of, of analysis that they might bring. And um, they're all people that I hope we can keep into our family and maybe expand their roles in some way, uh, you know, 
as, as we continue because everybody brings something worthwhile and very unique. So once again, all of our regular shows this week will be back on Wednesday night with Dynamite immediately after that show, which is their big uh, live show in Chicago for the, the go-home show for All Out on the weekend. And then we're going to be doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Friday will be Rewind to SmackDown. Saturday, it's a post-wrestling cafe show right after Clash at the Castle, which should be ending around 4 Eastern in the afternoon. And then Sunday night, we're live, free for everybody, streaming here on the YouTube channel after All Out. Um as well, this month, um, first of the month is just around the corner, and a Rewind Away is returning next week. We're going to fit in a edition of Ask Away this month. And yes, we will find some time to talk with Way as well in the month of September. And uh, we're also planning to go to Dynamite next week. That is at least the current plan, unless it has changed, Way. No, it is still the current plan. Uh, I, I look forward to it. You and I driving down to Buffalo. We'll have a lot to catch up on on that drive down the QEW and uh, might might even run to Brandon Thurston down there as well. Yes. So that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. And that concludes the return of the Ting. Should I end the broadcast? Or you? Yeah, you should. Yeah. Goodbye.